0: On to the next one hey. somebody bring me back some money please hey. Hey. I got a million ways of getting hey. hey bring it back bring it back now double your money and make a
1: welcome PewDiePie report readers and listeners to another edition of the pudal report podcast energized by Celsius Mark cook I is along with me. I am John Ledyard. He has his Celsius out and about. I've got mine as well. But this isn't just any Celsius Victory Monday podcast, Mark. This is a Bucs Playoff Victory Monday podcast. So it feels especially better. And the Celsius hits a little bit sweeter on these playoff victories. First one since 2002. We get to come on the pod and talk about it, and we get to start looking at and examining and taking questions, comments, criticism, thoughts from fans about Bucks Saints, Part 3, exactly the way the Lord intended it to go down, in my opinion, Mark Cook. How are you today? Are you excited about today's show and excited about the Bucks? I'm always excited,
0: done? John. I was uh, 32 years old the last time the Buccaneers won a playoff game. I don't know. You're not even 32 yet, are you? That's right. I'm only 30. Okay. Well, just picture two years from now. And then add 18 years to that, and that's how long it was for me to go between watching a playoff victory. It's yeah. been a long time. So uh, a lot has changed in 18 years, and there's a lot of people that are on this podcast that, m- number one, may not have even been born, but if they were, probably weren't even Buccaneer fans the last time this team uh, made it to the or, – or won a playoff game. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever, but what we're going to try wow. and do is sneak some Celsius in to the Buccaneers locker room at the Superdome, try and give them a little bit of boost, particularly on defense. Hopefully that'll help Johnny.
1: Absolutely. We've got a ton to talk about today. We're going to get to all your comments, your questions, your criticisms, what you want to know. We're going to get to Bruce Arians comments from today's extremely interesting presser slash media availability time. We've got a new Bucks player on the COVID list. Fingers crossed. Hoping that doesn't spread and become a problem. We've got a couple Bucks activated from the COVID list We've got a ton to talk about. It's going to be really fun. It's all going to be energized by our friends over at Celsius.
0: Mark, if you don't know it,
1: Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. It's great stuff. And the best part about it is this new heat line that they're putting out. I cannot get enough of it. Uh, Those who were on the Saturday podcast after the game, they heard me talking about this blueberry pomegranate and its absolute flames. I absolutely, I mean, I think I've had, this is probably the third one since Saturday. I drank one before bed Saturday night. That's It is an energy drink, but (laughs) I have eye tolerance, I guess. Um, But yeah, I'm telling you, man, these things, the the blueberry uh, pomegranate is my new favorite. I really still have not had one that I dislike. I promise you, if I dislike one, I'm going to tell you all, but I have not had one yet. But these things are great. They're awesome. If you're looking for them, you can find them in stores all over the place uh, if you're in the Florida area and even if you're not. But really, the best, easiest way to do it you can go to Celsius.com. You can look it up. You can find which stores They should use their store locator to find uh, which store you want to hit up and, and go to, to pick these things up or go to Amazon. You can get the variety pack and get a bunch of different flavors, try them out. Uh, but awesome. Before your workout, um, I have them middle of the day as a, as a little pick me up and helps you uh, stay focused in the work day and the afternoon and stuff, especially I would say this time of year, maybe all time of year. I don't sleep very often, Bucks fans, uh, in case you didn't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a sleeper. I'm like a four to five hour a night sleeper guy. Uh, so once in a while, when it catches up with me, one of these babies, one of these Celsius's really help out. So I'm a huge fan of it. The blueberry pomegranate, that's the one you got to try. You can get your hands on a blueberry pomegranate. I promise you, you're going to come away pumped about the results. So make sure you're checking that out. And Amazon, good place to go to, to hit those up as well. Mark. Let's start with Alex Kappa, shouldn't we? And We will we will get to everybody's questions and comments uh, as well. I see him already kind of pouring into the chat. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to tackle all of that, I promise. We do want to start with talking about Alex Kappa, though, because it's a big loss. The Bucs lose a starter. Uh, starting right guard Alex Kappa, who probably wasn't having his best game uh, when he went down. Um, but, man, what a tough dude. He went down, Mark. I'm going to try and get the play in here uh, for fans to be able to see, I'll see if I can show them uh, for those who haven't seen. But he went down, Mark. It was right near the end of the half. It was when the Bucks were in the two minute drill. Uh, they were trying to, they were trying to drive and score before the end of the first half. Um, and they're going in hurry up, and it was a situation where Ali Marpet actually makes a great block and manhandles John Allen. And here's the play here. You can see Ali Marpet manhandling John Allen, pancakes him, but they kind of land on Alex Kappa's ankle there. Alex Kappa tried to stay in this game, Mark, with a broken leg. He got up. He was slow. He was ginger. The guys were checking on him. He literally like hops to the line of scrimmage to run the next play. Tries to stay out there, and the refs were looking at him like literally trying to stand on one leg. And they were like, "Get out! Get out of here!" And remember, the Bucks had one timeout in the half, so he didn't want him to have to burn that timeout. But he wasn't sure he could get off the field probably if he if he tried. And so he's uh, literally standing there like on one leg and. Wirfs and Jensen are like dude get out of here and he is cussing everybody out on his way off the field because he's so angry um and then up the sideline too so tough cookie Alex Kappa he's going to be missed man there isn't an obvious replacement for him uh Bruce says Aaron Staney is going to start Ted Larson filled in for him and struggled the other day we already lost AQ Shipley uh to the to the season ending neck injury and so our career ending neck injury I should say and so the the depth is thin and unproven for the Bucs you've got what Stinny with 60 some career snaps so it's going to be an adventure trying to replace the guy in Alex Kappa who really had played exceptional football all season long for the Bucs was probably better than we could have even hoped for at this point in his career
0: yeah Alex really came on up uh, Buccaneer fans will remember his rookie year John it was it was dreadful um yeah. you know he was he was platooning and um you know he just uh he was just bad he didn't look like an NFL guard when he got here but I tell you what between last year and this year he's really transformed his body and um he looks like that guy that you know fights in a phone booth isn't that the uh, kind of yeah. saying you scouts use when you talk about guards and uh, he's he's been a tough son of a gun we know that I mean we know he played injured last year and he would have played I mean if if you know he would have let him he would have said just cut my leg off I'll play with the uh, stump I mean, he's just that kind of a guy. It's true. Yeah. And um, the the thing that that concerns me the most, and not that I don't think Aaron Stinney can understand the playbook or um, physically block people, is just the chemistry that you lose. And and these guys have played together pretty much throughout the year. I mean, Donovan missed a game, um, and and Ali Marpet missed three games um but Tristan Wirfs has been there and and Ryan Jensen's been there and Cap has been there so that side of the line has really mm-hmm. been together and now you're throwing a new guy in there and John you talked about it a little bit was we were talking during our group text on a couple of those sacks that we had Larson giving up um technically PFF I think had him just giving up one of those sacks um but I mean part of that sometimes just comes to also from communication not understanding what your guy next to you is going to do and sometimes it's not even verbal communication it's just from being you know in the line of fire with these guys for you know a couple years now um particularly with Jensen and Kappa side by side and um you know they kind of know what each other is going to do they don't necessarily have to spell it out and and, and spit it out they know what they're going to do that's the biggest thing that concerns me the most and you know that the Saints are absolutely one thousand percent gonna attack that and um you know the good news is the saints pressure tends to come from the edge rushers with mm-hmm. Hendrickson and and also with cameron jordan uh but it doesn't mean that they can't get up the middle and 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 as you know tom brady's not a guy that's going to get outside anyway so if anything he's going to step up in the pocket but if uh if if Stenny's getting blown up that's going to make things a little bit more difficult for tom brady to stay clean uh on, on sunday at 6 40.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you bring up a couple good points there. One of them being the interior pressure thing, and that kind of being like, like we've said, Brady is kind of he's been great at kind of avoiding edge pressure this season. A couple times this game this year against the Saints, it was kind of unavoidable early in the yeah. first game when they played. Second game, edge pressure really wasn't quite as big of an issue, but the interior pressure was mainly because of. Joe Haig, who I see many people mentioning. Joe Haig has not been really much better in pass protection as this extra offensive lineman. You know, they it kind of holds up the off the defensive line from teeing off a little bit when they go play action out of this 13 personnel, 12 personnel with Joe Haig out there as the extra blocker, gives a little more protection in that way. But he's been beaten a bunch of times, even in in those kind of advantageous situations this year. Chase Young whooped him on one, and Brady just kind of slid anticipated it and slid to the side. And avoided him and, and threw downfield and completed a pass and you know Brady's pocket movement's been terrific probably was the best I think that it's that it's been all season long uh against Washington but yeah it's it's not been great with Joe Haig so I'm glad that it wasn't like oh yeah we're gonna put Joe Haig in there I think the Bucks kind of recognized Joe Haig is is pretty limited in pass pro you know you want to put his opportunities in pass protection out there when when it teams are thinking run and so but he's been fine in the run game and adequate in that area and so i think you keep doing that keep him in his role and you put Stinney in you know everybody wants to know what's up with Stinney. like is he good you know he did have two reps at the end of the game against the rams when chipley hurt his neck and he and jensen slid back to center and Stinney came into guard and on those two reps he was great he tossed Aaron donald on one of them i think <laughs> um i mean he really handled him so i mean <laughs> It's two reps and I'm pretty sure he's not going to handle Aaron Donald uh, or anything like that. But what is is good about this matchup is that the best Saints interior defensive lineman is David Onyemata. And David Onyemata typically rushes over Ali Marpet. He's the one that tore up Joe Haig when Marpet was up, out the last time. So most of the time, teams stay consistent with that. They don't move around those guys. Maybe the Saints do move around Onyemata. He's become a really good player, um, and I think he will mostly be matched up with Marpet, um, so they can help that, you know, that left guard spot, I think, uh, or that right guard spot, uh, I think a good bit, um, you know, I thought Jensen played his best game since maybe early in the season, uh, against Washington, which is really a great sign. Uh, and Marpet's obviously just been a stud every week. Um, it's a great sign moving forward because they need those two guys to be probably really no matter who you play the rest of the time in the NFC in, and especially in that game against Washington, everybody's interior D line's good, um, you know, Green Bay is maybe not what they've been in the past, but they move Zedaria Smith around. You know, anybody who you play really the rest of the year is, has a great interior defensive line. So to me, those guys have to be really good, and right now they're playing really good ball. And so I think that that's huge when you look at this game moving forward. So let's get to some of these questions um, from people uh, in the chat. Uh, thoughts on Drew's performance yesterday. Brandon Burkhart wants to know, I'm guessing this is Drew Brees, right? Um, I'm not forgetting a buck named Drew, right?
0: No, no, it's not Bloodzo, Bloodzo, or not Bloodzo. Yeah, or not Nancy Drew. No, it's not it's, Nancy it's, Drew. Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah, okay, Drew Brees. Um, me heard of him. He's uh, he's an okay quarterback.
1: Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, yeah. I know a little bit about him. I thought he was fine. I mean. I, I just don't, I, I again, like the, to me, it's all about the scheme. Breeze is smart and he throws on time and he gets the ball out and he knows his limitations. He can get through progressions. He's still accurate in that certain range of the field. Um, But, you know, again, I, I just think that, I think he's a, I think he's a quarterback that you can defend. It's about stopping everything else. Can you stop the screen game that the saints do? Can you stop the Taysom Hill package? Can you stop Alvin Kamara in space? There's just a lot to prepare for. Can you stop these end arounds with Harris, you know, or, or the, any of the plays that they run with that little Harris. I mean, the dude has like 10 catches in the year or something. He goes out and has seven against the Bears for 80-some yards. He looks great. I mean, they just they know who to get and how to get him and how to get him involved in their offense and, and how to get the most out of them. And you know, it's a scheme. That's what it is. You know, Breeze is it's, – it's a la Peyton Manning when they went on that run and won the Super Bowl over the Panthers that year. It's the Saints defense finding ways to, to dominate games right now. And their offensive line's great, and the scheme's great. And, you know, they have all the pieces except really a great quarterback. And, you know, Breeze is, is doing what he can, and it's enough right now. I think it's probably their best bet. And it, and it might be enough to get him to the Super. I don't know if they can win it over the Chiefs or the Bills, but I could see him getting to the Super Bowl with, with what he's capable of at this point in time.
0: I noticed you didn't uh, mention the Browns as possible Super Bowl. You know, come on, give some I know. to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, oh that reminds me. Steelers. I
1: was going to wear – I was actually going to wear a backwards hat on the show and I forgot, dang, yeah. uh, in honor of Baker. But, yeah, that was pretty – yeah, last night was a little bit tough. I'm actually okay to talk about it if, if fans do want to ask <laughs> about it. There's, there wasn't you know, much surprise in it
0: for me. Uh, we talk about Breeze and um, and you make a good point as far as, as the scheme goes because, again, as good as Drew Breeze is, and he's a master in that offense with Sean Payton. Nobody runs it better than he does. But let's not forget Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 and in that scheme mm-hmm. last year. Taysom Hill, I think, lost one game uh, when he started for Breeze. I think, I think, I can't remember the exact record, but uh, they didn't, they didn't exactly collapse. I, I think actually, maybe they did lose a couple in a row. But the bottom line is, is if Taysom Hill can run that offense, you know, Drew Breeze is 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 it's just like uh, uh, putting on a comfortable pair of jeans. I mean, yeah. this guy can do it in his sleep. I think you know, and, and I know we'll get down, get into more of the, and you and Scott will do more of the breakdowns in the game, but. Um, You know, the more I keep looking at this, the more I keep thinking, number one, you're not going to sack Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to get rid of the ball, but you certainly can make him uncomfortable. The Bears yesterday had just one official sack. Now, Khalil Mack had another one later in the game, but that one was brought back because of a defensive holding call. So it was negated, so it didn't count. So they got to Brees technically twice in the game. Um, It's just hard to get to Drew Brees because he's just too smart and he's going to get rid of the ball. and, And the line does a great job of protecting him. But he's not great when... Uh, you know he's pressured. If you can get some people in his face and arms up and things like that, I mean, I think that's going to be the key. I think heavy pressure on Drew Brees is going to be smart, and and then but then you've got to play man because Drew Brees is not going to be able to throw the ball. 50 yards down the field over anybody's heads. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be some yards after catch, but I still believe the yards after catch against this Buccaneer defense comes more when they're playing a zone as opposed to playing man. Again, I'm sure there's some breakdown stats somewhere for that, but I'm not smart enough to figure it out. Uh, But I would blitz the hell out of him. I would certainly bring Devin White. Uh, I would bring uh, um, uh, Winfield. I would bring different guys from time to time just to mix it up a little bit. The one thing I will say is uh, for sure, is they cannot just go into this game with the exact same game plan that they did in the first two games, because if they do that, right. with Todd Bowles defense, it's just going to be an easy win, unfortunately. Now, maybe the the Buccaneers can, you know, hold serve and, and match them score for score. Uh, but I still would favor Drew Brees and that Peyton offense, even in a shootout. Number one, they're playing at home, and they're just a more experienced offense. Drew Brees and, mm-hmm. and Sean Payton just know what they're doing. I still would put my money on Sean Payton um, out-coaching Todd Bowles, even if it goes to a shootout, or, or uh, Sean Payton out-coaching Byron Lefwich on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens, but I, 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 just think, um, I just think they've got to mix it up. They've got to change things up because if they come back and try and do exactly what they did the first two games, um, the game may be over by, by halftime.
1: Right. I've been racking my brain, Mark, with ways that the Bucs could create pressure, because to me, if you don't create pressure against the Saints, it's a slow death. You have to have a perfect day offensively and you hope against a great defense and you hope that they make an uncharacteristic mistake or two. And somewhere along the way, that's enough to get to, to get the advantage in the end you know, moving in your favor. And they've done that
0: in the playoffs. They've historically done that in the playoffs. Let's not forget. Yeah. Drew Brees, as great as he is, and statistically right up there with Tom Brady, and they go back and forth with most touchdowns, but Drew Brees has the most passing yards, I believe, or it's close. Bottom line is he's got one Super Bowl. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Saints, you know, the last year against Minnesota, uh, a couple years ago in in that miracle throw to Diggs uh, against Minnesota again. I mean, they – you know they're they're not a perfect team although I will say I think this is the best Saints team that there's been since that team won the Super Bowl back um you know like 150 years ago most like, talented probably yeah yeah Especially on the defensive side, I mean that right. was kind of their Achilles' heel, and and mm. we can talk about Drew Brees. There were a couple of years where there where, where the Saints went seven and nine back to back, but Drew Brees was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL statistically, and it was the defense that let him down. So they really built right. that defense, particularly the secondary uh, and that defensive line. And you know what, the linebacking core is good. There's just not uh, there's not a weakness to attack. But again, Tom Brady is good enough to beat the best defenders if he has enough time so the Buccaneers have to protect and they just got to find a way I think the Bears game plan was very good to hold the Saints to 21 points yesterday Um, again and only getting one sack whatever the Bears did I would do a lot of if I'm Todd Bowles
1: yeah I mean to me I thought I mean like I said I'm thinking about okay how do you get pressure in this game because like I said I just don't think I, I don't think you can ask your guys – like last time they said, we're going to get pressure with four, we're going to play zone coverage. We'll get to the coverage thing in a little bit. There's a lot of layers to the coverage thing. But for the pressure thing, which is really critical in this game, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul are not better than, nor will they beat, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick. So just find the matchups so they can win. Right. Play both of them inside. I mean, I'm I'm serious. I'd play both of those guys inside on any obvious passing down. Anytime you can get them in second, third, and long – I know in second and long against the Saints, runs probably still an option, and so maybe you take a risk here and there. But I would play those guys inside and stand them up, and I would play guys like Sue and and Golston on the outside, and I would especially in pass obvious situations, you know, third and eight and third and nine, third and ten, because those guys on the outside, all they have to do really is contain. I mean, and, and, and push the pocket a little bit. And if you get if Breeze gets outside the pocket once or twice on you, whatever, but he's not going to yeah. do that all game, and you, you can no. live that way. You know, if he make gets out, makes a play. All right, he makes a play, do it again. You know what I mean? That's the mentality in this game. You got to find the best matchups you possibly can. And I want Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul working against Cesar Ruiz and and uh, Andres Pete and those guys. That's where the weakness is for the Saints O line. Um, it's definitely not uh, the tackle spots. And if you take your only two good pass rushers, really, you know, disrespect, Golston's doing all he can, and so is Sue, but they're just not great pass rushers anymore. Um, you know, if you're, and Golston never was, but you know, if you're taking those guys, and you're putting them against their best two offensive linemen, you just haven't done enough as a coach. You haven't thought creatively enough. You haven't thought outside the box enough. And I know that's probably the biggest, biggest criticism with Todd Bowles, but honestly, this is where 38-3 can come back to help, to be honest, Mark. 38-3 is embarrassing. You cannot excuse away 38-3. to You can't excuse away four straight losses to the Saints as the Bucs defensive coordinator. You can't excuse away giving up 27 points or more as a defense, 31 points or more as a team against the Saints there's been a couple defensive touchdowns in there against the Saints and getting outscored 137 to 67 or something like right. that in four games. You can't excuse it away. You have to. There's such a history of losing there, and there's such a history of even getting dominated there in the most recent game that even with coaches that are really stubborn, I hope and I believe that losses like that make you look in the mirror. and I mean, you don't want to get embarrassed again. You watch that tape a couple more times. You come up with a couple more things you've never done before. I think it makes you motivates you to go harder in a new direction than you typically would. When you could say, "Ah, if we just made this play or this play or this play," you know, like if they play the Chiefs again, I'm like, "Man, we were right there at the end, right. three the points." Like I, you know, or but or the, or the Bears right. game. You're, yeah, but,
0: that's exactly right. I, and I wrote about it in the mailbag today, John. That it's not like those games came down to one or two plays. I mean, they right. were dominated, literally, in both games. Buccaneers got out to an early lead in that first game of the season but at the end of the day the saints you know the saints were controlling what was happening in that game and uh in the second game it was just a disaster so uh you can't try and do the same thing because again it wasn't just a matter of the ball bouncing the wrong way and that's why you lost those games you can say that about the bears you can say that about the chiefs Mm -hmm. game and you can say that about the rams game but the other two losses were just dominant performances where you were just out coached and 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 out talented to a degree um the the you When you look at matchups and we talk about matchups all the time, the the saints offense versus the bucks defense is a huge advantage for the saints offense, the Buccaneers offense against the saints defense. I would still give the advantage to the Buccaneers offense, but not certainly by the amount of advantage that I would give the Buccaneers. I mean, the saints offense over the bucks defense, if that makes any sense.
1: Right. No, I completely understand what you're saying. I think it's a good point. Um, We, yeah. So good question. Anyway, the answer to the drew question is layered because there's a lot going on. And the answer to the pressure question is even more uh, layered because it's not simple to get pressure on New Orleans. Like you said, the ball's coming out quick. I need quick wins. I need to attack the A-gaps. I need Drew Brees looking at pressure in his face. Pressure off the edge just doesn't matter that much against the Saints. It just doesn't. The ball's not going to be held long enough. So I need pressure in his face that makes him pull the ball down, try and go somewhere else, look for a throwing lane, that kind of pressure. That's why having Devin White back is just absolutely – massive for this game and somebody and asked about fundam-
0: I- fundamentals too before we get to the next question fundamentals mm-hmm. they have to tackle well they absolutely 100 percent, they can't sure. they have to be i mean you're going to get the, the saints are going to move the football the saints are going to score points we know that but don't give up you know uh 20 yards after catch on things because because you're taking bad angles and things like yeah. that you've got to be fundamentally and technically sound this game if, if, if over any game they're going to play the rest of the year if they were to advance
1: right somebody asked Gronk gonna be the sixth man again he means in pass protection and it's a good question this was pretty funny but Gronk actually ran 18 pass routes everybody I don't think he had a. did he have a catch I don't think he had a catch no. against Washington no, he had one
0: one one, one target in the end he, zone uh, right in the right. end zone yeah
1: great catch by the way just could not enough space back there but uh 18 uh pass routes in the entire game and 11 pass blocking reps so he was he really was he was the extra offensive line you know that's what he did he stepped into a role that was a you know, totally selfless role, and he just
0: said, I'm gonna pass protect any man any handle I would do the same thing because right. to me, the, the Saints d- defensive line is you know is as good, if not better. I mean, certainly the production from 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 the Saints has been better against the Buccaneers. Um, and so you know that was the problem to me in that second game in particular. Uh, and even really, even if you go back and watch that first game, um, Brady, while he didn't get sacked a ton in that first game. You know he just was not comfortable at times i mean due to the pass rush and um Mm -hmm. you know again it's not always about taking the quarterback down to the ground if you make either of these two guys because they're not running quarterbacks they're not mobile guys if you make them uncomfortable that's when you can force them into into some mistakes um but i hope i hope uh i hope gronk is, is up for the challenge again but i really hope that that donovan smith and You know what? When Chase Young ran off that field the other day uh, against the Eagles in that last regular season game saying, I want Brady, I want Brady, he challenged Donovan Smith's manhood. Not Tom Brady's manhood. Tom Brady doesn't care what Chase Young thinks. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Donovan Smith took it personal and he played his ass off. And and we asked Bruce about that today and Bruce said, absolutely, he stepped up. Bruce Mm -hmm. said, now we need him to do it again this week. We need him to do it again, back to back. I want to see it again. And if they do that, they'll have a chance. But if they can't keep... Brady upright then then again it's it's another sunday night 38 to 3 or whatever it was final.
1: Yeah, I mean I think a lot has to go wrong for it to be that bad again especially because of how well and consistently well the bucks are playing, you know, let's just talk about their yeah. offense against Washington a little bit Mark. I mean, this really was especially going back and watching, it was a really great offensive performance. When you consider the opponent, I, I do think it was Brady's best game of the season because, you know, he, he obviously lit up, you know, Atlanta twice and when Detroit and he's been playing out of his mind lately, especially, you know, but when you have everybody kind of on the same page, finally, a little bit, I mean, there were still some communication issues in this game. You know, but just he just manages the game so freaking well, man. Like, he never puts the ball in harm's way. There were three times on the first drive that could have been sacks against other quarterbacks. He threw the ball away, made plays on another down, got him three points out of a drive where I didn't think a lot of other pieces came together very well. Twice in the red zone, nobody even slightly open, doesn't force the ball, pressure gets through early, throws it away. You know, no chance for a scramble deal. Drill throws it away, doesn't get it backed up out a field goal range, doesn't put the ball in harm's way, on a throw, doesn't put the ball in harm's way, uh getting sacked in the pocket uh, or anything like that, just doesn't do it. And so, you know, because of that, I think it gives the Bucs again, it he obviously didn't both games against the Saints so far. That was an error. Now, you know, that was a problem. Now, five interceptions against the Saints, you know, there were probably two of those definitely weren't his fault. Uh the, the first one where Evans messed up the route and and then the the first one against the Saints in the second game where it was the the Weird deflection off the screen right. that was poorly run, um but then you know he's, he's trying to make a play later and he throws one up and AB stops a route. The wide receiver coach tells him he should have kept going, and so you could argue maybe three of those aren't, you know. So it's not like he's been the problem per se in these turnovers, but those are the things that can't happen, and there's the things that that stemmed from an offense that was out of sorts the last time that they played the Saints. I mean, AB coming in and, and messed up multiple routes um you know one time when uh, brady just overthrew gronk by a bit in the end zone brady or brown's running like right next to him like what are you doing (laughs) like he didn't know where he's supposed to be on the field there's just like a lot you know so if that dysfunction sorted out and this is a team that's not remember gronk drops a touchdown in the game against the saints last time obviously they're down a lot at that point but it's a it's a play that could spark you you know what i mean after the strip uh, sack of breeze in that game uh, they have a chance and and they and they don't get it done and then gronk dropped another first down conversion when they couldn't you know get the first down and, so, and there were so there were a lot of those things I think in this game that were just a little bit disjointed and they went those three and outs and the defense literally every play for the Saints was a positive play and so it was it was kind of a combination of a perfect storm now they can't have that flat start on offense and I think it helps the defense if they don't have that I don't think they're going to have that flat start on offense so it moves everything kind of in the right direction percentages wise because of how much well how much better the offense is playing now than it was playing before. So a lot of good questions about Mike Evans. What what can we expect from Mike Evans? Marshawn Lattimore, this has always been a game where he struggled, although I don't necessarily think Lattimore, like it's always a case of Lattimore. I think it could be a case of other guys being open. There's a lot of things kind of unpacked from this, but yeah, Mike Evans against the Saints. It hasn't been his best team, Mark. You've watched this matchup for yeah. years. Uh, what do you think about Mike Evans and in, in the potential of this matchup? And should the Bucks? I mean, they've obviously been rolling with Mike Evans lately. Does he continue to be the focal point? If the Saints take him away, can they? You know, I mean, obviously they have weapons, but you know, is it does is it enough to replace what a guy like Mike Evans does? Who's just been, I mean, last four weeks have just been tearing up everybody in his path.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think you force it to Mike Evans in this game because Lattimore certainly has his number, and and maybe in his head just a little bit. But I think Mike's a competitive guy too, and he wants to mm-hmm. prove that you know he's better. Uh, Than his performances against uh, Lattimore used to be Bradbury was the guy up in 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 Carolina that gave Mike fits, uh and and, and now it's turned into Lattimore but hopefully you know Mike can, can can get something going early and gain a little bit of confidence but the, the good news is is in that first game there was no Antonio Brown so you know they've got some other yeah. options um you know Chris Godwin um i I think those four drops that he had the other night that's just an anomaly that's not the real chris goblin we're not going to see that again um and and they're going to be playing on that turf man this team loves to play on that fast turf i mean they're they're a team that can get down the field the the one thing i want to go back to the brady real quick thing is uh and it maybe is the x factor as much as anything is is brady's competitive nature john the fact that this Mm -hmm. guy does not. I mean, he he knows what the record books say, and and Tom can say, I don't care about records and this and that. Look, I mean, he's just a competitive guy. That's the reason mm-hmm. he's still playing at the age forty three. Um, he does not want to lose to Drew Brees on national TV for the third time in a row. He just doesn't want that to be his legacy. This you know, in his yeah. first year here in Tampa Bay. Um, hopefully, Brees retires and, and and goes elsewhere up in the broadcast booth next year. Goes and plays with his kids. Whatever he wants to do um but this might be the last chance that he gets to face this guy he doesn't want to go out as a three-time loser in the same season um you know there's not many negative things when you look at Tom Brady's career um but that would be one I think that would kind of eat at him a little bit so you know maybe uh maybe Gronk just I mean I'm sorry maybe Brady you know uh you know plays with some crystals he uh goes to um uh you know one of those healers I don't know something (laughs) something's got to happen man he's going to do everything in his power Eat an extra TB12 meal. I don't know what he's gonna do, but go get cupping, uh, use a manscaper. I don't know. He's gonna do something though to try and break that cycle. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it <laughs> it works because I still think Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Drew Brees, regardless of, of what the stats oh, yeah. are. Right. Yeah, Here, no. Here's I mean, what I here's what I say. Does Drew Brees go to another team this year and have his team in the divisional playoffs? I guess it depends on the team, maybe. But I would say Tom Brady's success with the Buccaneers it would be more impressive than if Drew Brees had he left last year and went to a completely different team. Oh yeah,
1: there's there's not a lot of places brew Brees could do could play, and especially without being exposed. Right. Like he isn't this season. I mean, Drew Brees is an all time great. Don't get me. Wrong. I'm not. You know, sure. I'm just saying this season. I mean, look at the the guy just doesn't throw the ball on the field at all. When he does, it's it's not completed very often. So I mean, it's just and, and, it's and just I talk very about limiting. Brady
0: Brady being a competitive guy. You know what Drew Brees is too. He wants mm-hmm. to be the guy that sends, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Tom Brady home, right? I mean, if, if this, this, is this is it for Brees. You know, yeah. like I this I mean, is probably it. If this is it for Brees, then you know he wants to go out and he wants to get right. that Super Bowl. So you know, it's it's going to be cool. Right. It's going
1: to be uh, the the storylines are are there's so plentiful in this game. And and like we said, Evans is one of them, you know, uh, the last four games against the saints, there's numbers, three targets uh, back in the first game of 2019. These are all games under Arians, Uh, three targets, zero catches, zero yards, zero, anything, eight targets in the second meeting last year, uh, four catches, 69 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. And then this first week, remember he's banged up in the first week of the season this year, but four targets did draw two pass interference penalties Uh, In that game, but four targets, one catch, two yards, and a touchdown. So I actually think he was pretty effective for how banged up he was. Then in the the second game, again, I don't think it was necessarily Evans' fault. Like, but just but they were up. You know, they had 15 offensive plays, and they were down 28 to nothing. You know, so at that point in time, he had four catches for 64 yards. But at that point in time, you know what I mean? It's like that was all after you know all that was done after it was 28 nothing. And so you know, no touchdowns in that game either. So he is yeah. The stat lines are totally pedestrian. I don't think it's that he's been like dominated on tape though, in this game. And, you know, again, people said that about Bradbury and maybe in the past, I'm sure you're like, you're right that it wasn't the past, but this year, you know, I I thought that was actually one of Brady Brady should have hit him a couple of times in that game. I thought he cooked up Bradbury pretty good. And Bradbury arguably had as good a year as any corner in the league. So I I still am kind of bullish on Mike Evans in this game. I still think he can do some work. They put Latimer on him and that's how they want to play him. You know, there's obviously going to be other guys open, but, I really think that that he's a guy that can that can make noise even in this game uh somebody mentioned and brought up and I just want to talk about this because it's ridiculous um Cha- chauncey Gardner Johnson got two bears wide receivers thrown out of games this season and his own teammate Michael Thomas suspended uh, this guy must be like the greatest trash talker of all time. somebody Where says did he a- go to college at? He was, he was a Gator, baby.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, that explains a lot of things right there. Yeah,
1: they throw shoes over there. So AB yeah. yeah. uh, versus CGJ might might just break out into a fist fight, right? Can AB match uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's aggressive intensity? Would love AB to humble that dude on a big stage. Uh, this is surprising to some people maybe, but AB is really not a hothead on the field. Like I've never seen him. Right. I'm trying to remember even over the years, obviously, as a, as a Pittsburgh guy, I've been for years and they that the team uh for years uh you know i can't remember really an incident where he even got into i mean he's actually like on the field like when they have mic'd up and stuff even like in he doesn't talk trash like he's like super complimentary of other players like when he's playing against them like telling them they're awesome and he loves their game like that's kind of his psychological warfare way so I actually think Mike Evans would be way more likely to get into it with, with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And yes. I definitely think Chauncey yes. Gardner Johnson is going to try to get into Mike Evans' head. And so is Lattimore. I mean they both right. both they got they Lattimore yeah. got hit with a penalty last time, but Evans could have easily gotten hit by a penalty with a penalty. Against there's Sam bad blood the first between game. them.
0: Jameis Winston yeah. went after uh, a, lot right. more, uh, a few years ago in a game. Nate Pitts, Mark, is that Barrett Root poster offer still on the table? I don't remember what the offer was. I just randomly spout things from time to time. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to what I'm saying. So if you remind me what it is... Uh, if it's, uh, if it has to do with money, then I guarantee you it's still on the table, but, uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Maybe it was a $50 super chat or something. Now we haven't gotten the $100 super chat yet where I shave SR in my chest here. Uh, but that's still coming. So if anybody wants to drop a hundred bucks, uh, in one time, was it, was it 100 or 200? I can't remember. what It, it was, was one. I
1: think it was 100. I, I think, think it and, 100. Scott would, and Scott would have a soul patch if that happened. I
0: think. Yeah. Maybe that was I, the deal. I, you know what? I think I'm going to go 200 on that because I really, really don't want to take my shirt off on camera and uh, I, 200 is fine with me <laughs> <laughs> but i mean 200 dollars is 200 dollars. i mean that'll get me uh that'll get me a nice uh, new camera so you guys can see that's all right. of the wrinkles in this 50 years by the way how's the playoff <laughs> beard coming in john it's coming along in? great yeah
1: it looks yeah, it's awesome. coming along great i'm like afraid to cut my hair with the bucks winning right now i homeless guys just are weird. asking
0: me if i need money when i go to the public lately. they're like you need you all right man you need something <laughs> I'm good. Terrible, long,
1: that's funny shag. I love it. Buccaneer Bruce with a $5 Super Chat. Buccaneer Bruce, thank, thank you. you. You're always coming in clutch with the Super Chats, man. Buccaneer Bruce helping finance that new uh, new cameras for uh, Peter Report staff. Do you think these guys and coaches, these players, I'm sorry, and coaches are intimidated physically and mentally or one or the other? This is actually something I, I am a big believer in the psychology of the game. Like I really think too, that man. it matters. Um, but I don't think – I think – they're not at that point for these players for the box. I think they're at the point where they're pissed about the last game and the way that it happened. I don't think now if they get down 21 nothing early in the game or if they get down 14 nothing early in the game, even do they start thinking about last time and they start right. being like, man, we can't solve these guys. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe. But to start the game? No, I don't think so. I think the box right now are playing. And, and guess what, Mark? When I'm watching the tape of them against Washington, it was the nastiest. Most physical, scrappiest, meanest I've seen them play this year. They, yeah. they were just—I mean—they looked like they were a bully for the first. Yeah. Like they, they have had glimpses of that, but they—I think the last five games have changed some things. Like they get out there on offense, especially on offense and defense. I think they're still finding their way for sure. I wouldn't in the run game. I mean, those guys are like—they feel like they're gonna—they're gonna dominate. But in that has not been the, with the receivers, the corners. They need to have that mentality, and it hasn't come. And the schemes. A big part of it, they don't allow the receivers to be physical in the scheme. But offensively, I think this t- team is starting to get on the field and expect to score every time that they get on the field. Now, can that be disrupted? Yeah, that can be disrupted. But it's getting a lot harder to disrupt it. Washington's a great team, a great front, and honestly, Scott, the Bucks just took it to them. You know, if they hadn't had those drops, there's at least another touchdown on the board. Yeah. That drive before the first half, uh, Godwin dropped one over the middle that would have put him in Washington territory with a right. minute left. They could have scored on that drive. Some I Keyshawn just think
0: Vaughn fumbles. Well, was there, Keyshawn Vaughn fumbles, yes. The yeah. Yes. And they
1: yeah. might have given up. You know, if Washington doesn't drop a bunch, they might have given up thirty points, but I think right. they'd have scored forty five or so against one of the best right. defenses in the NFL.
0: A defense that hadn't given up more than twenty points wasn't seven yeah. games in a row. I mean
1: more uh, I think more than that even. Yeah.
0: Or maybe it was seven because the Lions game. Yeah, but yeah. But, you know, you say, or is it in the Buccaneers' head yet? And you're right. After that second game, maybe. Like, if if the Buccaneers had to go two weeks later, if the NFL had made the schedule where, you know, they had to play those guys two out of three weeks like they did the, the, the Falcons um, after getting shellacked in that game on Sunday night, yes, I think there would have been a little bit of a carryover effect. But the fact is it's been, what, nine games since then? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And and this offense is is completely different mentally wise, if that's the right word. I think where they were from that night at Raymond James Stadium when they got blown out. I just, I think you're right. I think they just feel like um, there's nobody that can stop them if if they play well, if they play their game. And um, scary thing is, John, is there's they still haven't hit their ceiling. I don't believe. I mean, there's right. still an off season hopefully to happen this year, uh, a full training camp, preseason next year. And, and keeping, you know, I don't, there's nobody on this offense. That's as far as this, well, I don't think there's anybody on this offense that's not going to be back next year. I mean, you can say Leonard Fournette or obviously McCoy, uh, but as as far as the main guys, I think they are going to find a way to keep, um, you know, 95% of that offense and and they should be even better next year.
1: Yeah, you're right. I don't want to look at this as kind of like anything that happens is great. It's never great to lose in the playoffs and it's not great to lose to team three times. That you need to mentally be able to get over the hump, And that's why I think Buccaneer Bruce's question is a good one, because they need to be able to clear this hurdle. And if you start fast, you that is going to build confidence in your play throughout the rest of the game. You're going to start to believe. You can say you believe in your head and your heart and all that, but like once it actually starts happening, that belief takes on a new meaning, a new level, and yeah. you start to and it starts to exhibit itself greater and greater ways. So that's why this game's huge. But to your point, Mark, if they lose this game, I mean. It, it, you know, I think it was a great season. I think they had a great run in it and everything like that. And I'm again, I'm not going to go down this path too much, but I mean, this team's in position to run it back and the rest of the NFC South is just not. I mean, the Packers, the Rams, and the Saints are in three of the worst cap positions in the league. Uh, you know, they can all be good next year. Um, you know, the NFC is still going to be good. I'm not, you know, Seattle is still Russell Wilson. Packers will still have Rodgers and Adams and pieces and everything, but there won't be a team as complete as the Bucs next year. And with Brady, that doesn't look, looks like he hasn't fallen off at all. You know, we'll see how the offseason goes. Again, got to bring back Godwin and got to fix you got to find some pass rushers. Uh, but they're in a great, you know, look at the graph I tweeted out or tweeted out earlier today. The Bucs are uh, one of the best teams in the league that also has a great cap position going into the offseason with the cap expected to be where it is, you know. And that's shout out to all those guys. Greenberg, what he does with the cap. I mean, they have they have killed it. They have built in a great roster and they have not spent money foolishly. And so they are in a position, especially if Brady doesn't fall off for the next year or two to make a run this year they've already done that uh to make a run next year and if Brady still wants to play maybe the year after that and they can keep the they can keep the roster together that's the best part Mark so John would this is say, just the beginning of some awesome stuff in
0: Tampa Bay would you say if they lost three in a row that you would consider that I don't know what's the right word catastrophic that's probably a good word for it Mark pretty, pretty devastating a good word. you know what else is catastrophic if you come home one day And your refrigerator ice maker has blown out or your hot water heater has blown out and your floors are completely flooded and you being a new homeowner john that's the last thing you need
1: what if you're on the
0: second floor of a condo in an apartment complex and that happens you know what you need you need to make sure you're covered and there's one place to do that briar greaves insurance agency here in tampa bay you can go to briargreavesinsurance.com or you can give them a call but briar greaves does a tremendous job of taking care of all of your needs in case there is a catastrophic event maybe it's life insurance maybe it's homeowner's insurance maybe it's auto insurance maybe it's um you need to insure your pet turtle i don't know they've got millions of lines of insurance that they can find you and there's not much that they won't be able to insure but the only way that you can do that is by giving them a call um and um and i should have the phone number right here john but i don't have it but people can go to briargreaves.com you can also google briar greaves and um and and get that phone number but call and talk to sam talk to briar they're huge buccaneer fans and john again i've harped on it since the very beginning since they joined us as a sponsor on the peter report podcast what I love about the fact is just the personal service that you get from these guys. Um, I do insurance. I have other insurance companies that I've used in the past where you're just a number. Literally, they don't even ask you your, your name. They ask mm-hmm. you for your account number or your policy number. And that's what they right. know you as. When you call Briar Greaves, they're going to know you by your first name. They may call you six months from now, a year from now, saying, hey, is everything good? What can we do? Do you need to up this? Can we save you some money here and there? That's the kind of service you get from Briar Greaves that you're not going to get from the big insurance agencies uh, or the nationwide companies but anyway briargreavesinsurance.com go check them out and again there's not a type of insurance that some everybody listening this needs some type of insurance whether it's auto home Mm -hmm. uh uh, life or, or renter's insurance don't forget about renter's insurance again if your neighbor upstairs if their hot water heater goes out and it floods everything in your in your apartment uh well yes their insurance pays for the repairs to the building but it will not protect your contents give briar greaves right. a call today sam or briar briargreaves.com proud sponsors of the pewter report podcast
1: it's really good point by a fan here mark uh who is it it's long lost glazer says imagine if the rams win saturday and the Bucs win nfc championship and Super Bowl in Tampa. who would have thought of that at the thanksgiving i honestly think the rams have a shot at this thing i really do mark Tampa Bay – or, uh, I'm sorry, Green Bay has just not played that many good teams. And well, the last good yeah. team they played, they played the Saints and they played Tennessee. Those were the te- two teams with the winning records that they beat this season, uh, Green Bay did. And they played the Saints. That was way early in the season when the Saints were not anywhere close to what they are now. Uh, they were really struggling at that point in the season. And uh, the Titans do- don't have a defense. They are right. horrendous defensively. They gave up – they got killed in that game. And so – I just really I really think the Rams can pull this off. That defense is just nasty. I mean, they it's are. just nasty, and teams nobody's figured out how to solve it yet. Like nobody has, and so that you know, honestly, is
0: better that defense is playing better now. The Rams' defense than when they played Tampa Bay just a month ago. Oh yeah, I mean, I agree. The, the, I watched that game on Saturday, and, uh, and and it was it was you know it was like the JV versus the varsity when you scrimmage mm-hmm. because uh, the the Seahawks had no answers for. The interior, they had no – I mean, they, they were able to get one ball over the secondary's head to, to Metcalf, but, um, uh, you know, the shutdown corners they have, the linebacker play, but really that front four uh, led by Aaron Donald is just dominating. And and that's the type of team that can give Green Bay fits. We saw the mm-hmm. Buccaneers be dominating defensively in their big win against this, mm-hmm. uh, the Packers earlier this year. Um, don't know that the Buccaneers can duplicate that right now. I don't think they're as good of a defense now as they were then, but – But certainly, we know that the Packers are a team that can be beat. And again, I go back. I I like to look at trends in history, and um, you know, the Packers had an opportunity last year. I mean, they had the best record in the NFC, home field advantage, I believe, through the playoffs. I think maybe, maybe the 49ers, but I believe now I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It seems like the 49ers went to Green Bay. And won that game to go to the Super Bowl. That might be right, yeah. Because they were thirteen and three. I can't imagine. I mean, the, I mean, certainly the the Forty Nine ers weren't fourteen and two. Right. Um, but anyway, my point is, is is they're you know they've they've had good records and and been favorites before and and lost. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that would be really really awesome to have that home playoff game. Unfortunately, it won't be a packed Raymond James Stadium if that were to occur. Uh, but man, that's certainly mm-hmm. never happened before. No team that's hosted the super bowl has ever hosted the nfc or afc conference championship game they've hosted divisional games right. before but i don't think they've ever um, made it to there's never been a team that's been in the uh, in the championship game before the super bowl in their home right. stadium
1: and obviously never a team that's hosted the super bowl and then been in the super bowl too and so like that it becomes this all oh, the percentages aren't in the bucks favor and we'll just see i mean none of that actually has an impact on the outcome of games or whatever. But it is funny to think about that that could be the case, that they're literally in position for that to be uh, the case this year. Um, So interesting stuff. Um, Somebody asked, we kind of touched on Gronk as a blocker too, but Greg DeCruz, thanks so much for the super chat. Always appreciate that, buddy. Uh, Will Gronk be used more as a blocker now that Stinny is playing guard? Um, We already said talked a little bit about Gronk. I think Gronk probably will be used as a blocker. Um, but I, you know, I don't necessarily he's believe you
0: can't, you can't help out the guard from the tight end position, you know? What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. There's not, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of help that can be given not there. a lot of help but there, but, but yeah, you I mean, can help with open.
1: line slides and stuff like that though. Yeah. You can
0: help the guard with that. Right.
1: Slide them to the guy and things like that. So there's, there's ways to help. Um, you know, but really Brady's the best answer for any, help. you know, he's, if he's in the zone and the guys are open, then they should where they should be like, he can, you know, I mean, he can, he can, he, can, he might take a sack or two, but it's, you can over you can overcome it in this offense that's the thing that they've proven over the last month plus i think um right now so they're again it's about moving in the right direction you're not going to score on every drive against the saints you're not that's why your defense has to be have to get some stops they got to do it you know you can't you can't uh you can't continue to you know act put everything on the offense like it felt like they did i mean they got some stops against washington but again it's washington it's going to be a different story um against the saints obviously uh good dragon lope jumps in five dollar super chat Dragonlope, appreciate you always bucks actually winning i like this timeline y'all are talking about defensive fixes but where the hell is mike edwards Our D is missing him yeah it's just never been a thing this season where mike edwards has really seen an uptick in snaps except when Guys have gone down with an injury. He just has kind of hovered right around that who, 7 who are you to taking 15. off the field? I mean, you know, I mean,
0: Jordan Whitehead, you're not taking – I'm,
1: t- I'm taking a D-lineman off the field and running my package, uh, right. Mark.
0: That's true. I forgot I'm about your article you. last That's week, right. week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, that was an interesting concept, and it'd be uh, – John, your head would swell so big it wouldn't fit in the screen. That's true. We, if that game starts at six forty, and that's what Todd Bowles runs out, we would have to just make John the only picture in the screen because your head would swell <laughs> up. And you know what? I'd be happy to grease the door and squeeze you through because I'd be pretty impressive if if they did that. Yeah. Not going to be it. it's funny. Not happen, I mean, but it'd be pretty cool.
1: Right. I hope that I hope that there's something. You know, that's the thing, Mark. I, I just. When you get crushed like that, you have to start thinking outside the box. And if it, guess what? If they come out and it doesn't work and they, and the Saints run on it every time it's out there or, and, you know, guys get tossed around, it's, you know, but you have to try something. You cannot the end. come this out with not a basic a regular gameplay.
0: season game. It's one and done. Yep. If you lose, you have to try everything. And yep. we've not seen really any, any, And you know, they don't need to do a whole lot of trick plays offensively, but, you know, maybe there's some things in the playbook that they've been saving for a game like this. Who knows, you know, a fake hmm. punt, a fake field goal, something like that. Uh, don't leave any, it's like co- uh, coaches that bring uh, timeouts into halftime. I mean, you know, don't it doesn't do you any good uh if you've got something that you've been working on and planning all year now's the time to do it because the most important game is this game because there's no guarantee there's another one
1: right absolutely right and it's also a great and important game to bet on if you want to win some money go over to mybookie.ag it's that time of year when divisions are decided champions are crowned and legends are born it's time for the nfl playoffs You've waited and watched all year as your team rose to the top or fell to the bottom, but now it's your turn to win big. You've heard the name just about everywhere, MyBookie. They're the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. With thousands of lines to bet on all your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, and college ball, check, check, and check, MMA and soccer, they've got all the latest odds, Periods. Take advantage of MyBookie's Prop Builder in live in-game betting where every single run, throw, and touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Pewter is the promo code when you make your first deposit. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or your phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid, bet, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. Again, that promo code is Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Great stuff from our friends over at mybookie. Great yeah, stuff from the fans. We got tons of questions pouring don't, in.
0: Don't 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 use my cookie because I don't accept Bitcoin. That's true. you guys know. I do yes. accept Confederate money though, just to let you guys know. Wow. No, uh, no I'm just kidding. I don't. I was gonna say I, I don't, don't even know that. <laughs>
1: can somebody no, it's not can legal tender? I was gonna that's say true. I don't think it's legal. <laughs> can somebody convince Godwin to not eat corn on the cob on the sideline this week? He's yeah, easy. that was a funny, man.
0: Jake, that's not nice. <laughs> Man, I will tell you what, it one was one of the funny. best players for this team for the last three years, and you beat right. him up for one one game. That that's the thing.
1: it's just him. like a larger sample size thing. I mean, I mean, in this game, yeah, I mean, it could have cost him, and it can't happen again. But there's no reason to think that it will. I mean, Chris Godwin, like I said, he dropped. I think Pro Football Focus had him when they say like six career drops, I think, and in like two thousand seven hundred snaps or something like that, and then five drops last night and or the other night in sixty five snaps. So just a bizarre game yeah he did drop that touchdown i looked at it on tape i had not missed the the replay They must have been tweeting or whatever i missed the, the second no replay no,
0: no that was nbc sports who had a horrible game <laughs> they did but it's they just, did actually they show did. that replay did they okay they all did right. yeah because well, I, right. I watched it yeah. on, so on the game pass. john this is the first time i saw the replay of alex kappa breaking his ankle just to let you know yeah, i know and it was
1: the all 22 i mean you couldn't they never showed the replay nope. they actually barely showed kappa i yes. kind of pieced it together from yes. shots like it was terrible. It was horrible. We didn't know but-
0: Ronald, what Ronald Jones' situation was until the Buccaneers' PR staff tweeted it about midway through right. the first quarter. Yeah, uh, you know it was bad. It, it was bad, real bad. It
1: was it was not a good good show for them for sure. Uh, but yeah, Godwin, I think he's going to be a major part of what they do this week. Uh, I think he has to be. Um, you know, the, the, he's the guy not only just because of his talent, but because of the way that they're moving him around. He's the he's the Z in this offense, so he's in motion a lot before the snap he's got leveraged releases. Um, You know, he's the guy, I guess, especially if they're going to put Lattimore on Mike Evans, he's got to take advantage of the other matchups. Yep. Now the other corners are good. You know, this Chauncey Gardner Johnson's good, but he's beatable. You know, PJ Williams is, is a solid player, but he's beatable. Definitely. You know, Janoris Jenkins, good player, but Scotty Miller beat him in the first game. You know, he's beatable, you know, so these guys, they got to win these matchups and the Bucs are probably going to throw out of 12 and hopefully they use a lot of play action. It worked against the Saints last time. It's worked against Washington. It's worked for them all year. They're they're terrific in play action. Um, keep using it. Uh, keep using it to your advantage. Keep keeping teams off balance, and you can have success offensively. And the other thing, Scott or Mark, sorry, didn't mean to insult you. The other thing, yes. Mark, the middle of the field, the Bucks are suddenly. Remember the beginning. Yes. Most of the season, we were like, it's outside the numbers down right. the field. It's in the flats. It's but the middle of the. It's maybe short middle of it, but the intermediate middle of the field has just not been an area of strength. And then that just ch- out of the bye complete switch. And I'm going to write about it this week, Bucks briefing. I'm finishing out my content tonight for, it, and it'll be out tomorrow morning, but one of the things they got to keep doing against the saints attack the middle of the field, you know, and, and not that the saints are bad there. They're not bad anywhere. They have a great linebacker, nobody Davis, great free safety, in Marcus Williams, great, smart, strong safety in Malcolm Jenkins, great corners. They're four deep out there. John C. Gardner is like this great run stopper who can match up with tight ends. They have, they have all the pieces. They have depth up front. You know, they have a great defense. There's no, no getting around it. So do what you do and you've got to be able to attack the middle zones, I think, and then find guys in the intermediate middle of the field and the Brady, and the the Bucks have done that with Brady the last uh, four or five weeks now at this point. So they are rolling in that regard and that's got to continue, I think, uh, against New Orleans. Um, so there's lots of things to look forward to, but it can be another, uh, big win for or big week for Godwin. Does Brady eat a W if the Bucks win? How hilarious would that be? That would be great. I would, I would probably still cringe, but it would also be funny to yeah. see Brady do something like that. You know what's Brady's way, though, Mark, is if they would, were to win, he would make some, like, cryptic remark about it, <laughs> but he wouldn't actually, like, you know to e W yeah, or anything yeah, yeah, but he yeah. would make some remark about it you know in one of his videos after right, right. um you know and kind of deadpan with that little mm, smirk that he yeah. has you know that that would be his way he wouldn't he wouldn't address it that directly i think
0: <laughs> yeah no, I somebody agree.
1: wants to know about urban meyer in jacksonville
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what do happens there. he wants 12 million dollars and if you're going to go to the nfl as much as i hate to say this because it's duval county and jacksonville is not my favorite city in this state but um 12 million dollars the most salary cap room and the number one overall draft pick i mean you're not going to find really a better opportunity uh i say that you take a look at the eagles a team that was almost in the playoffs this year you know a Mm. team that's you know won a super bowl a few years ago that that you know has a couple quarterbacks that urban meyer would love to probably work with so you know maybe maybe that's a fit for him but um but i mean i don't i don't think the eagles are going to pay 12 million dollars but anyway bottom line is is uh, I think it's possible if he decides to come back to the NFL. I don't know that it's gonna be he's gonna be successful in the NFL. We'll see. He's uh, he's left two college programs, uh, due to health reasons. I don't know why he thinks the NFL is gonna be any less pressure. Uh, we'll see. But um, right. yeah, I don't know. It, it, to me, if that's the if I were a betting person at my bookie dot I would <laughs> uh, I would I would say Jacksonville is the favorite to land Urban Meyer if he decides to come back. Right. Uh,
1: this was a good point here. Hizo eight one three says uh, Godwin will show up Sunday, no doubt. Love that shot they showed with Brady arm around Godwin in the tunnel after the game. Still have the utmost confidence in him. Mark, there are things about Tom Brady's play, about Tom Brady and who he is in, or- in this organization that cannot that we haven't been able to quantify and we haven't been close enough to because of COVID this season. And that that's you know that just sucks for us, kind of. Right. But it's been transformational for this team. I didn't even see this shot. I'm glad he's brought it up. I don't, I don't even know of the the image that he's talking about. I'll have to go look for it. I think it's on
0: Buccaneers.com.
1: Yeah. I mean, Pat McAfee was talking about today um, on his show and I love Pat McAfee. I think he's hilarious. And he was talking about just Brady and how the competitive fire that he has and how much of burn, you know, I mean, he just ripped into Cam Brady, and Cam Brady had a great game. He ripped into him after Brady. you know, that third down they're driving two minute drill. They're in like a third and two or something. And, you know, he has an opportunity. He ducks under a sack. Brady, Tom Brady pulled a Carson Wentz Houdini and ducked under a sack and and had an opportunity to make a play on a scramble drill. I mean, it was just an unbelievable play by Brady. And Cam Brady's kind of like trotting out his route and and watching the pressure and thinking Brady's going to get sacked rather than staying alive and working back to the quarterback and getting open. And Brady doesn't throw the ball because the defender's in his hip pocket kind of just trotting along with him. And Brady ends up taking a, this very short uh, coverage sack from Montez Sweat. And so he goes down and then he gets up and he's you know right at right at break to stay alive, like on the play. But, and break goes out and has a great game, you know, and, and, you know, you can't miss those deep, you know, it's not like going back I miss what, you know what I mean? Like, no, he's directly telling you, you know, and it's that kind of style. I think that in football, man, there are moments where that has to happen. I'm not saying every play should be ripping into somebody and, but he's never going to say anything to me. If we asked him about that play, he wouldn't, he would literally deflect the whole thing and blame himself. And, you know, he's never going to put you on blast in that way, but he's going to tell you as a teammate and he's going to pick you up as a teammate. And that's why all these guys rave about him. It's been transformational to the culture. We're we're not close enough to like have a have a firsthand view of that like we would in a normal t- with open locker room, or we'd be hearing quotes about that every single week, you know, and, sure. and asking questions about it every single week. We have such a limited amount of time and 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 availability to the players that we get to other things. But yeah, I think it's I just glad Hizo brought it up because it's a great point. We haven't talked about it enough. How totally it's just been totally different. I mean, to have that in Tampa Bay. With the losing that they've had, you know, when you looked at midseason, nobody thought they'd be where they are now and look like they they look now. Well, I mean, a big part of that is Brady just continuing to work at it, continuing to make sure those attention to detail. That I thought, you know, again, like I said the whole time, I you know, I think you can look at stats and say Brady and play great against those good teams. I again, he's the least of my concerns. He's the least of my concerns against the Saints if if the line does their job and the receivers catch the ball and they run the hots when they're supposed to. The Bucks offense is gonna roll. I don't know what the defense is gonna do. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. But I'm just not worried about Brady at all. Like he's not a he's not when people are like, oh, this is the most important, you know, Brady has to play way better than last time. Like if everybody else plays better than last time and, and they were most of the issue, Brady's gonna get the job done. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, no, he's not a superhuman, but um, I think that yeah, it's it's very important that the rest of the group plays with the cohesiveness. And the attention to detail, the increased attention to detail is not perfect. It's not the Saints well-oiled machine yet. Uh, It's not the way the Packers have looked yet, but they have had enough instances of that where I am pretty optimistic that the offense can get the job done, but it's going to be a different story with the Saints uh, and the defense for sure.
0: I can't find the question now, John, but it was way earlier in the, in the chat. Somebody asked, um, why don't you and I ever ask questions in the press conferences? And we do. But here, here's the deal. We know there's limited time, particularly when you're talking Bruce and Brady. Um, and Scott Reynolds is the boss. So we, you know, it, it's a respect thing. We know the, the, uh, the not the chain of command, well, the chain of command here at Pew Report, obviously. But as far as we also know exactly the order of the media that they're going to go in. And if I raise my hand and John raises his hand, um, chances are only one of us are going to get Uh, a question in and certainly we would rather it be scott because a lot of times scott uses those questions those answers in his fab five uh whereas john and i may just be out of curiosity wanting to know an answer again if this were a normal season where we're in the media room uh there would be more questions asked but because of the the there is more of a time constraint when it's done on zoom because they have to unmute you and go to thing it's just not a, a quick flow thing like you know the time is probably the same but there's probably five questions less That we get in a zoom interview than we would in a normal uh season when we're just on a you know a thursday afternoon with bruce or something like that right john and i do ask questions from time to time sometimes scott can't be on the calls if that's the case in most time i'll jump on or john will jump on and um if pewter report gets a second question a lot of times it'll be john or John will ask Scott, "Hey, ask this That's question right. <laughs> because he knows yeah. that it's he's going to get called on. So, hey, I need I need the answer for this for what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So, ask the question. So it's a, it's a collaborative effort sometimes,
1: right? Yeah, for me, it's seen it's done by seniority. The question, you know, so I don't get to ask you a question because I'm the new guy. I don't get to ask you a question until all the people have been there longer than me, which is so basically everyone
0: has asked for yeah, John, So, so John, i raise my hand John, sometimes, John, but I let just me ask don't you get question, called question. John, John, let right. me ask you a question.
1: John. That's right. <laughs> yeah. saying Bruce's name on her time. So I do raise my hand sometimes, but I don't get called on. So a lot of the time I won't raise my hand and I know Scott will get called on probably maybe twice. Cause he's yeah. been 25 years. So I, so I asked Scott that like today, the t- if anybody listen, the Taysom Hill, you know, who plays Taysom Hill in practice, I asked Scott, you know, Hey, maybe, you know, that he asked that. So, you know, there's a lot of that sometimes that happens. Scott does a great job of asking us if we need anything and stuff. So we usually get what we need. But yeah, it'll be a totally different story when it's open locker room and we just are in there. You know, they'll be, you'll be hearing from us plenty in, in those instances for sure. um uh Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I mean, I know there's talk about SMB. I, I see questions about SMB and stuff. We will get to the, a lot of those on Wednesday um, because there's a lot to unpack there for sure. Um, like I said, I, nothing's going to happen with them, but we can talk about how they can maybe there's been some interesting things like just, I don't know where going back to asset you know, they said, we're going to simplify things and keep them in the nickel. And then Jamel Dean got hurt and SMB played horrible. And then they Jamel Dean came back and SMB's back to playing every down. I'm just not sure. So I need to ask him. Yeah. Yeah. I asked him out a little bit. I need to ask again. I was actually kind of waiting to see what would happen, but SMB played every snap and, you know, now that Carlton was back, I didn't know what would happen, but SMB played every snap and Jamal Dean didn't. And I don't think either of them are playing particularly well right now, but uh, Kamara will destroy David and white hasn't happened yet. I mean, not, Kamara's no,
0: not been, he really hasn't. He hasn't Kamara's been, the, been the reason.
1: Yeah. No. So I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> Maybe Hill
0: might destroy uh, David and white. Let me ask you this, John, because um, we talked about this in our group chat earlier when Taysom Hill comes in to run that package. Mm-hmm. Who's more responsible for stopping him? It's got to be the linebackers, right? I mean, because he tends to run, he will run inside, but he tends to run, you know, on the outside of the tackle. So that's got to be your linebackers. Well, certainly your cornerbacks coming up and containing as well. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, that's that's where Devin White and Levante David, in my opinion, have to be really solid because. He's gotten, and again, I'd have to look at the stats, and you guys will probably do this before the Wednesday podcast. But um, I would say he's probably averaging five, six yards every time he's carried the ball against the Buccaneers since mm-hmm. he's kind of been running that Wildcat from time to time. And you know that's just too much. And and you brought up a good point very early. It's not just Drew Brees you got to stop. It's it's so many things that this offense for the Saints is capable of doing. That the Buccaneers need to be able to figure out a way to to limit those. They can't stop everything, uh, but they can't let everything work as well. They've got to be able to slow if they can if they can manage and 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 not you know get dominated in one area. Just yeah. again, the Bears didn't do anything. I mean, Drew Brees still threw for you know nearly 300 yards. They still had uh, 385 yards of offense. It's not like the Bears shut them down. But, again, it's it's scoring – I mean, it's, it's you know, allowing scoring. And, and the Bears right. only allowed 21 points. Um, the one thing I want to say, and so you guys will talk about this too, the Buccaneers have to be better in the red zone. If they're going to win this game on Sunday, they can't kick three field goals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to have to score yeah. touchdowns on those. They can't, you know, go field goal to touchdown with, with the Saints. The red zone defense has to be better for the Buccaneers, and the red zone offense has to be better for the Buccaneers. It wasn't good. In the second Saints game, and it wasn't good. Really against the um, uh, against the um, uh, Washington football team on Saturday right. night.
1: Well, they're yeah, one of five in the red zone. I mean, in terms of converting possessions to touchdowns, is I mean, it's bad, but it's also not indicative at all of who the Bucks were. Like the sixth best red zone offense yeah. this this year, and they actually had like the most kneel downs in the red zone. I think this season, right. and so they've had. Like, yeah. those count as red zone, you know, takeaway. Right. away. I don't know how that is possible in 2021 that we can't weed out those dead. Just, But anyway, um, no, I, yeah, so th- they've been a great red zone team this year, and it has not – did not happen last week. So, percentages tell us that they'll swing back. If they can get in the red area, I think that, you know, they'll finish a lot better than they did. Washington actually played really well. I mean, the first couple of possessions down there, they played really well. You know, Godwin you dropped the about, touchdown. You
0: talked but. about Breeze throwing the ball away when it wasn't there in the red zone. He, I mean, not Breeze. Uh, Brady. Brady. Yeah. Um, he yeah. can't do that in my I mean he's got to take I think a few more chances in, in this game again because field goals aren't going to beat the Saints they're just not I mean I, I understand why he did it against Washington because they don't have a potent offense even though um i think they threw for 306 yards in that game and, and yeah but, uh, but three
1: is better than a turnover and so yeah you, well you i i agree yeah. it's
0: better than a turnover but again it's the end i mean this is it this is for all the marbles essentially i mean every game now you have to look at every game as the super bowl as the potential last game of the year so uh, and i think brady's smart enough to know that he's he's mm-hmm. he's pretty uh he's a pretty savvy veteran i would say he's, yeah uh, he's he's leading playoff yeah. football he's doing pretty
1: right. good leads the league in tight window throws this season so he's He's not afraid to pull that trigger for sure, but you're right. This is a game where you have to accept the fact that, and for Arians especially, I think it's the biggest for him. You know, the players on the field, I don't think risk management comes into play as much. You know, they're going to play, you know, just they're going to play. But for coaches, I mean, Bruce Arians has to understand if he's a fourth and one or fourth and two near midfield early in the game and, you know, got to be aggressive you got to go for it you now your defense is struggling right now and, and your because, offense is yeah, clicking
0: if the saints drive okay if you punt the ball and it's a touchback and it's 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 you know, they get the ball right. the the 20 it's going to take them go two plays yards or if they go 55 <laughs> yards for a touchdown does it really matter i mean it no you know shorter drive if, if you get anything, the ball back you, on offense you get the it. ball back right. exactly right so yeah
1: he's got to be aggressive and it's been hit or miss with him in those situations this year and if it comes down to a situation like that it's gonna be really important. Uh, real quick before we log off, just want to run by Kamara's stats. Really, against Todd Bull's defense, Kamara's not been the thing. 16 carries, 62 yards last year, 13 carries, 75 yards in the second meeting. That was the best he played. He had 10 catches in that game, but just 47 yards. Six catches for 42 yards in the in the first meeting last year. And then this year, been even more pedestrian. 12 carries for 16 yards in the first meeting, did have the touchdown. Um, and then Five carries for fifty or five catches for fifty-one yards again at the touchdown, the short screen right down there in the red zone. He scored on, but the most of that yardage was on that trick play when they were the Peyton decided to run up the score on the last drive or tried to, and he got Michael Thomas hurt. Um, and then the second meeting, nine carries, 40 yards, so decent average. And then he scored the short touchdown down in the inside the goal line or inside the 10. And then he had five catches for nine yards in the last game. So again, he really is he's had a play here or there, but he has not been the factor for the Saints and they've still dominated. So I don't know what that's <laughs> I don't know if that's good or that's bad, like I said. But uh they've done a good job on Kamara, and that'll that'll definitely need to continue for sure. So we will have more stuff. Thank you, everybody who's jumping in the show. If you're listening to here and you're not subscribed, go over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell in the corner, get the notifications for when we go live, Peter Report TV on YouTube give us a follow. We're getting up there and subscribers. We're trying to get to three K by the end of this playoff run. We need that playoff run to go to the super bowl, maybe to get there, but we are working our way up there. I know a ton of y'all listen and you don't subscribe. It doesn't do anything to you to subscribe and it wow. can help us a ton. If you hit that subscribe button, you can hit that subscribe button and never watch us again. But it helps us. We hope you watch this again, obviously. But it helps us out if we get those subscription numbers up. So we appreciate you all. We love you all for tuning in all the time. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out. And tell your friends and family. Stu, you guys have been awesome spreading the word and making sure you're in here every show. I was just telling Scott the other day. I was texting him. I was like, our fans are just unbelievable. Like, they're in every show. I mean, We were on 12 to 1 the other night in the morning after a Bucs win. Bucs playoff win. First one since the Super Bowl 2002. And we literally get up the next morning to check the numbers. And over 10,000 people had listened to the show on one of these formats, Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And since then, you know, the listen numbers since then have even taken off even more. It's just crazy uh, what we have. I mean, then again, that was a great show, but we've had tons of great shows since then. So the numbers are there. We just need, you know, y'all hit those subscribe, tell your friends, tell your families, tell everybody, you know, this it's the time people are getting into the Bucks, buying into the Bucks. You know, if you want more fans for the Bucks, you want that stadium sold out, let's tell people, uh, you know, let's uh, it starts with y'all to be honest. Um, and man, y'all are committed. I mean, the same people are in here every single show and you're chatting away and it's awesome. You just love the team. And so we love it. So, and the other thing you can do, download the Locker Room app. Um, it's It's an awesome app. It's a social audio format. We're going to be going live on there. And on this locker room app, we we did live, we did pregame before the Washington game. We did halftime before the Washington game. We're gonna do pregame before the Saints game next Sunday. We're gonna do halftime before the Saints game, and then on Tuesday, tomorrow actually, in the afternoon after my Bucks briefing column goes over, and I've watched all the All Twenty Two. You can get on if you get this locker room app and you follow Peter Report. It's a free app. Get the locker room app, download it, and you and you can get on there. I, I, when I'm gonna, I'll send you like an invitation. You jump in. And on Locker Room, you can ask questions about the All-22. If you watched or just ask me what I saw from the All-22, and I'll walk you through everything that I saw. And it'll be like a film review with all of us. And you can ask whatever questions you want about players. Or you know, I've tried to take notes on everything. And so you can just chat with me kind of about that kind of stuff and just ask whatever you want. And for a while, we'll do we'll just go back and forth. And so it's an awesome social audio platform. We just launched on there. We've got like 30-some followers, 30-some people have jumped on there. It's a brand new app. It just started. You know, this thing just started And I think they have some really cool ideas. It is only on iOS yeah, for the download. If you have an iPad or something like that though, I mean, obviously you can, you could do it on there. Uh, It's pretty sweet though. Uh, So if you have iOS, they're, they're working on the Android option, I I believe right now, but like I said, it's pretty brand new. So we're trying to be kind of on the, on the cutting edge of all this, you know, our computer report, we're real trendy these days. We're trying to be on the cutting edge of everything. So locker room is the app. It's, it's sweet. Uh, We've really, we've, only done two shows on there, but we've been pumped about it. It's been awesome. So again, I'm, uh, we. Appreciate- I'm
0: even wearing skinny jeans, trying to be trendy. That's right. That's not Mark true. Cook wearing skinny jeans. You I know, Peter Report I can don't do anything. Own any jeans? No. Oh wow! Don't, don't even show. own any.
1: Jeez, we need to talk about this. No, yeah, sure, Terrence, you sure can steal your sure wife's that. iPad. That's a great idea. That's exactly right. Jump on there, download that locker room app, and just follow Peter Report. It's super simple. It's free. Like I said, they do awesome stuff. Um, and we're trying to trying to get on the cutting edge of that. And it's been a lot of fun so far. So we're looking forward to it. So again, we'll be live Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Scott and I will be breaking down Saints versus Bucks in depth with the stats, the numbers, the tape, the game plans, everything we want to see. It's going to be awesome. And then Thursday, we'll be on with a guest, talk more about that matchup and how they can teams can attack each other and things like that. And so it's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a great week on the podcast. We appreciate you all listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out.